It, yeah. It's strange that symbolism has possibly, I guess you could use the term devolved <laughs> into emojis. I mean, is that really where we're at? Is that emoji really, you know, I mean, but, that, but that, it's, that, it's recognizable. Yeah, but that's kind of what I felt like for a lo- the longest time now is that I guess things kind of are devolving. And I think it has to do with music and things like that, too, as far as like how they say words and then how that has tr- translated into language for people and stuff like even it seems like over the past few years, we are shortening words and say like bay. We're saying bay now instead of baby or bay. We we aren't. I know. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's what I'm society. saying. It's like that feels like society is devolving because of these things. And I know it doesn't seem like it's a it's a major thing, but down the road, it could be. No, it, it will be. We, we are changing. We are, you know, devolving, evolving, however you want to look at it. But we, our language is changing. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. 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 Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Don't forget that we need you to head on over to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating over there. Also, be sure to give us a like and a follow on the socials, and be sure to visit buyjack.com slash CEP to pick up some official Cerebral Entertainment Podcast merchandise for you and your loved ones. And be sure to keep your eyes peeled to the CEP Network because we have some great additional content coming straight to your ear holes very soon. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring you yet another riveting chat amongst ourselves where we once again waxed on subjects regarding... the coronavirus during this discussion you will hear us discuss some of the possible positive outcomes to come from this pandemic the evolutionary concept of the thinning of the herd colt torturing himself by going back to the gym after a quarantine related furlough my anticipated tortures return to the gym and much more so without further introduction here we go hey everybody welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the cerebral entertainment podcast I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. Dude, you have a more angelic glow today than normal. Did you do that on purpose? Thank you, and no. It's just, uh, it's a product of me being me, man. I've been good. I've been real good. Now, one of these days, I'm going to fix the lighting in this office here. Uh, All I have is the fluorescent light that you see above me, and if I turn it off, and I haven't found a good lamp yet. I'm going to fix it, though, one of these days. Mm-hmm. One of these days, but as as for right now, you're just going to have to deal with the angelic version of me, which is much better than the alternative. Believe me. <laughs> Ask my wife; <laughs> she'll she'll tell you. <laughs> How's it going, though, man? How you doing today? Good. It's a good morning. Yeah, feel pretty good this morning. Yeah, yeah good, good. It's Saturday. We're still, um, I guess, partially quarantining. Is that a thing? Are we partially quarantining in society nowadays? It depends on where you are. I think. I mean, things okay. are starting to open back up now, and life's start of s- sort of kind of getting back to normal. It seems like in some places, I think there's some counties that aren't. Mm. But it, and it's it's still a tricky, tricky thing to to work around right now because I know there's a lot of businesses who have been given the green light to open, and they're yes. still not doing it yet because they're worried. Yeah. Well, I know that we are expecting a resurgence of the coronavirus due to the opening up of businesses, and that's why they're kind of going in phases. So they're seeing how the spread 
either resurges or whether it continues and, and eventually, which they're going to, they're saying there's going to be somewhat of a resurgence. Okay. It's going to happen. I guess we're just looking for how big that swell in the bell curve, how big that swell is actually going to be, how many people are actually going to test positive once we kind of open things back up and start intermingling again. But haven't they said that the heat is supposed to kill it off too? The heat is supposed to suppress the virus, yes, just like in regular flu season. Right. Right. So from my expert knowledge, which is none, uh-huh. but no, for, from what I've heard, the you know, the 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 virus, the coronavirus acts a lot like the flu in that sense. And so they say that the flu never really, really goes away, even right. through the hot months. It's just suppressed. There's a lot less of it, less spread. So that's the way that the corona is going to act as well. You think that's you think the spread of like the flu and stuff has to do with like our immune systems being worse in the winter also? Yeah, I don't really know. I, I could speculate, but I, I have really no idea. For some reason, germs just spread better in cold weather. Right. You know, I, I think we maybe tend to have runnier noses and, and sore throats. Sore is Sorer. a word. Yeah. <laughs> Sore. Um, that's a word. But yeah, I don't really know. I, I could speculate, but I could speculate on a lot of things that I have absolutely no knowledge on. Right. But, and, and a lot of times I do. But on this one, for some reason, I put up the, the caution sign. And yeah, I really don't know. Okay. So here's another question. Do you think that people are going to take this as it, this is a major deal, and from now on, I need to be taking care of my body, and I need to be taking care of my immune system and things like that to make sure that I don't, you know, end up sick or anything like that. Or do you think that a couple of months after this whole shebang is done, people are going to go back to normal and be like, oh, well, it's over with now? Yeah, I, I think you're going to have a cross-section of, of people on both sides of that continuum. But I am, and I always have been, looking for the bright side of what the the coronavirus is going to bring to us the scary side to me is that it's, it's going to change our society forever like for instance a handshake you know i shake hands and it's not like my life is going to you know just be an upheaval if we if we just decide as a society as a culture shaking hands is not a good idea anymore you know it's not like that's going to really affect my life in such a way that i'm going to have a hard time bouncing back but just little things like that goes it, it pushes against my concrete nature i i don't like change i just as a person it has nothing to do with this in particular i just don't i always push back against change even little stuff that really doesn't matter it's a part of my personality on that side of the continuum those are the things that that worry me the most how is society going to change you know are what about baseball games going to watch the cardinals baseball games with 40,000 people in one spot how is that going to change after all of this because society is going to deem that as an unsafe atmosphere for people just to spread anything and who knows what's coming down the pike next i mean i think coronavirus is like a this is a this is a test run man this isn't the plague this is, and this is scaring the crap out of everybody, out of people just in general. People are just kind of running for the hills. Imagine if this was something that had like a even a 30% kill rate. I mean, we're all going to go absolutely crazy. There's not going to be any toilet paper for years, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's going to be absolutely insane. 
So, but getting back, the other side of that continuum is that we're going to have some, some things that are going to be positive, such as people actually taking care of themselves preemptively instead of waiting for something to, to hit them or to hit society in general before they just, you know, start taking their, their vitamins and start eating right and, and being healthy. That's, that's always been something that I hope that we see due to this whole spread of the virus. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think about just the people in my life that I'm around and how they, it's like people are put into different groups as far as like things that I hear during the day. So like if I'm hearing, say I hear three different people talking about it, it's like, I've got one person who absolutely knows the facts and this is how it is. I've got another person who, this is what I heard. And then I've got another person who says, I don't, I really don't want to talk about this because I'm tired of it. And it, I don't know, it's like, that's the three different camps that I see about all the people that are, I'm around. And I'm kind of now in the camp to where like, I, I'm going to listen to the news. I'm going to, or, you know, and, and try to listen to the people like that I know are putting out the real facts about things. But I'm also kind of in the camp to where I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> like yeah. it's, been, it's been shoved down my throat for, you know, several months now. And I understand that it's, there's a reason for that, but I'm also like, I do not, if you start out a sentence that says, this is what I heard, I'm automatically not listening to the, anything else that you say. I don't care who you heard it from. Just starting a sentence out that says, this is what I heard. It's done. It's done. Conversation over. Yeah. Well, on that, on that note, let me tell you what I heard. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. But no, I I agree with you that I, I am. And we've been talking about COVID-19 on the podcast for how long now? Two months? At least. Every every episode? Mm-hmm. Because what are you going to do? I mean, it's it's pervasive. It's ever prevalent in our world right now. And so there's no escaping it. It, it, it. Everything else is enveloped around the COVID shroud, you know, and, and you've got to kind of peek behind that curtain in order to see whatever the, the subject matter is that you're trying to get to because that's our life right now. <coughs> But did you know the sun, our star in our solar system, is 93 million miles away? I, I didn't know the exact mileage, no. Yeah, it is. Okay. You know how I know that? Mm-mm. Somebody told me. And, and that, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Somebody told me that the sun is not, I, I have no way of measuring that. Right. As a matter of fact... I'm kind of a skeptic on a lot of things, right? I'm also faith-based on a lot of things, but I'm a skeptic on some the same things. Sometimes I can be faithful and a skeptic of at the same time. So welcome to my world. It's a crazy, it's a crazy <laughs> place to live, right? My mind never stops. But the only reason I know the sun is 93 million, 93 million miles away is because someone told me that. So I take that as truth because, you know, what else am I going to do? I have no way of determining that myself. I know that, you know, vitamins are good to take because somebody told me, but I have a way of proving that myself. You know, I I can take my vitamins. I know I feel better. I know I feel better when I exercise, when I eat healthy. There is, it comes to fruition in my own life. I can experience that myself. All right. So two different things that we kind of take as gospel truth, so to speak. But one is one I can't prove and one I can through testing and through trial and error and so on and so forth. So what do you do? You know, when someone says that, hey, you need to stay in your house 
for three weeks because, or whatever, three months, two years. I don't know what this is going to, you know, how this is going to end, but someone tells me that's the best thing to do because they have a doctor by their name. Everybody falls in line. That scares me, right? The sun being 93 million miles away really doesn't have much of an impact on me. But the COVID-19 virus spreading and what they're telling us to do, because like I said, I, I'm skeptical. I, I'm still trying to do the right thing as much as possible, you know, because of those around me more so. It's not because Trump tells me to stay home. Right. It's not because even Dr. Fauci tells me to stay home. It's because I think about the, you know, the little old person at the store or, you know, anybody, anybody who's immunocompromised, I think about them. And so therefore, I, you know, it's not hurting me to quarantine, although it is a lot of people, you know, in small business and things like that. It's not affecting me that way. So I'm falling in line because it's easy for me to do. And I shouldn't even say easy for me to do, but it, it, it seems practical. It seems realistic. Well, it's but, not, like, but in, not like they're telling me to sacrifice my firstborn in order to save someone else. It's just, you know, be careful with your your droplets. Yeah, but in general, and I think that's why most people fall in line most of the time with different things, is because falling in line is the easiest thing to do. That's a good point. It's a good point. And so now you're kind of speaking like the skeptical side of my head. You know, it's like I don't like to fall in line. You know, I, I don't I don't like to, you know, I, I do because I have to, because you know, in a sense, it's easier for me not to do 80 miles per hour on the highway, even when I'm late, because I don't want to pay for a ticket. And then I don't want to argue with the police officer who pulls me over saying that I don't want to pay for the ticket. Him slap the cups on me and put me in jail. It's easier just for me to conform. Right. Right. But that kind of it still it still scares me. And it's still with the with the coronavirus issue. I'm doing what they're telling me one thing and I don't have any knowledge to refute it. So I'm falling in line, I guess, because this is our reality. It's, it's the easier thing to do, but it's also more practical for the people who are around me. Uh, but it's still someone telling me stuff that I have no real knowledge of. Now, I do know that there are people dying. There are a lot of people dying. There's one nursing facility in Kansas City, Kansas. 24 people in one home right. died. They died. Not just contracted the virus. They died. And that's why they're trying to insulate the vulnerable because once it spreads to the vulnerable, those folks don't have much of a chance, you know. And if you look at this virus in the evolutionary sense, this is a thinning of the herd, if you will. It happens all the time. I forget. I, I think it was like three-fourths of the population in Europe died during the, uh, the, the plague, the Black Death. It was a lot. The number was just incredible. Right. It was a thinning of that herd. Evolution doesn't care, though, about my mom. Evolution doesn't care about your mom and dad. You know, evolution doesn't care about 24 people in one nursing home that died. Right. You know, and so when it comes to my family or those in my community, I care about those people. And so I push back against evolution a little bit in that sense. So at any rate, though, I don't you know, I, I don't know that uh, we could we can we can change the inevitable uh, of, a, of a plague coming of another virus coming down the pike. But back to the main point that you brought up, I do think that as a society, we would be doing much better if we all were a little bit healthier. You know, right. if we all 
really paid attention to our health prior to anything happening. And that includes obesity, right? I know our friend Paul Carter talks about this a lot. We've had him on the show. Um, and he brings up some pretty tough subjects because he don't care. He's like, <laughs> he's like, sure. it all, right? He, he's a lot more abrasive, I think is a good word. He's a lot more abrasive than what I choose to be in, in the public forum. Uh, and he has a much, much bigger audience, of course. But he's, you know, he's been talking about the obesity epidemic and how, you know, and, and the, the experts even said it. I believe it was even Dr. Fauci that obesity is a pre-existing condition, not so much as like kidney, kidney disease or, or diabetes or especially, you know, something even worse than that. But um, obesity is a pre-existing condition that can cause COVID to really take hold of one's body because their immune system is already compromised by being fat, right? So as, as, an, as a culture, even as a world, I guess, but definitely in America's obese. America is just fat. Fat and lazy, we got it too easy, right? I don't want to take away the easy. I don't want to go back to having to you know, walk two miles to drag water, clean water back to my house, right? But I do want to take care of myself. I want other people to take care of themselves. And as a society, since we can all quarantine together, let's get in shape together, right? I think that's a, I think that's a valuable salient point that we should bring up, you know, and if you do that, now here's the kicker because a lot of people will use that guilt right now. Well, those of you who are deciding not to quarantine, you're putting the rest of us at risk and the most vulnerable. Okay, fine. Well, those of you who aren't staying in shape, working out, practicing good nutrition, you're also putting everybody at risk because you're, you're going to be the ones who succumb to the, the virus more and get sick and cause a, a stress on our healthcare system where if you weren't so fat, maybe that old person, um, who contacted, contracted the disease could get into the hospital instead of your, you know, I'll stop that rant. <laughs> so going back to the thinning of the herd scenario that you were saying earlier, do you think that's kind of like a requirement for every few generations that we need that? I know, I know that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I mean, honestly, do you, do you think it, it, it's almost, we don't want people to die. We don't, of course not. But do you think it's a requ- almost like a requirement for life to go on for things to, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly where I'm trying to go with it, but I'm, I'm hoping that you're catching what I'm trying to say. I am. And it, it's a hard subject because evolution is a cold mistress. She doesn't, once again, she doesn't care about my mom. She doesn't care about your mom. Right. She care about any, anybody's mom. And you know, I've noticed a lot of folks who talk, Sam Harris being one, talks, you know, quite frequently about evolution as if evolution is a conscious being. He doesn't mean that. But when we speak of evolution, we just speak of it as a kind of in the person sense. I guess you would consider it the third person sense. And so evolution doesn't care about anything. There's just inevitability, right? And an evolution, you know, maybe we could have Rebecca come back on the show and and refute this um, statement. And if she's going to, you know, listen to this episode, she might give me a holler and say, hey, you were totally off on that because she actually <laughs> studied evolution. At any rate, is it a requirement? I don't know about that because to be a requirement, there has to be some kind of, in, you know, intention, right, to some degree, I guess. But there is an evolution always taking place. COVID is or coronavirus let me say this so if, if you look on the back of a of a of like lysol wipes or what a clorox wipes it says plainly i think it's the the first one two or three of the things that that chemical kills 
coronavirus is on there. Right. It's it's been on there for a long time. All right. Coronavirus itself is is not new. According to the experts, right? Not me, but I think even Dr. Fauci has mentioned it. Corona uh, the the common cold is a form of either COVID or coronavirus. Those are those are two different things. I think um COVID is the disease that the virus causes, is my understanding, right? So coronavirus oh, okay. is the virus that gets in your body. The actual disease is called COVID. So like uh, so it, the the older strain of corona that they that would be on the back of the Lysol wipes, that's not also considered like a COVID something, right? Because it's it would be the disease that coronavirus would create. Yeah, you can't ask me those questions. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's I can ask all the questions I want. You just don't have to have the answers. <laughs> That's true because I don't, I don't want to go down that route because then I end up listening to the podcast later. I'm like, hey, you sound like a dumb dumb. You don't know the answer to that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just know from listening to those sources lately that one is the virus, the other is the disease that that virus causes. Got it. You know, um, it's kind of like in my mind HIV and AIDS. Right, HIV causes AIDS. It's a precursor to AIDS. Um, at any rate, though, but if you look at if you look at the back of that uh, that Clorox wipes bottle, it clearly says coronavirus, and it has for a long time. And a lot of people, a lot of your conspiracy theorists, they were like, "See, they knew it was coming. They put it on the back of the wipes." Jeez. No, it's always been there, but it's it's evolving in and of itself. It's evolving because it gets in our immune system. And it struggles, it fights, it grows, it develops new ways to attack our bodies, and then we pass it along to to each other. But the flu does that's, the same thing. Exactly. That's exactly right. It keeps coming back. Right. So the cons- the concern is that corona is going to be like, and it, I guess it is, it's kind of like flu on steroids. So yeah, it, it works like the flu in that sense. It keeps coming back. It's a lot like the flu, except it's killing 24 people in one nursing home, right? Right. And, 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 it's, and the spread is... I don't know. I get. I don't want to get too far in the weeds once again, but it's causing a lot of damage in our society, and so we are evolving as people through technology, um, through our otherwise you know, our knowledge and things like that. But those things that are trying to kill us are also evolving, and so it's inevitable. It's not so much a necessity. Now, does the the thinning of the herd need to happen? Well, I don't know if it needs to. Because I think that we are innovative enough to kind of mitigate against the the use of all of our natural resources and the use of all of our space on this earth, the you know the population. Like for instance, Japan. Japan's a small island, but they've got a crap ton of people there. So they just start building up. All their buildings just go up, and they sleep in like you know, bunk beds and, and stuff like that. They they just you know they go to the sky because they don't have the land mass to spread out like we do, right? So in ways human beings would would mitigate against a lot of these factors that that you would say okay overpopulation is going to cause us to you know fall off the earth because we've got nowhere else to go but evolution and, and viruses like this probably not necessary to thin the herd but it's going to happen it's always happened and it always will happen right and the more people that there are and and since we can spread out across the earth so readily now, the, the, the more that that virus is going to impact us, you know, because 100 years ago with the uh, Spanish flu, it, it spread like nobody's business. And there were no planes flying from here to China. There were no planes flying from Europe to China. 
I had to say that again because <laughs> I wanted to sound like Trump. But we didn't we didn't have that though. You didn't have the the accessibility from one continent to the next. Now it's it's you know it's fair game. I mean, I could be in China tomorrow if I wanted to go buy a ticket and go over there. Right. And, and so with the amount of people that we have on the earth and the accessibility that we have to travel the earth, a virus nowadays is going to have the potential to really decimate the, every everybody on the planet pretty much. Have you ever watched 12 Monkeys, the movie? No. Okay. The movie 12 Monkeys, you need to watch it. Okay. It's 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 very amazing but it's it's relevant to today's time because although although the virus in that movie was spread by a human being from a lab which you know that once again there are some theorists of the conspiracy nature who say this one was too but there are um, there, there was someone who spread the virus and it took over the whole world because he got on a plane and spread it because he was uh, a doomsday kind of guy he wanted to initiate the end of time basically the the uh he wanted to kill humanity and so humanity went underground and they had to go underground there was some time travel involved going back in the past trying to find the origins of the virus yada yada i highly recommend that movie okay. it, it's a very it's, it's very good and uh i think everyone should watch but i've been watching it for since it came out like 95 i think 96 something like that but uh at any rate getting back to the topic um I, th- I think that since the spread of the virus is the way that it is, I hope. I, I let me let me back this up. I think there's going to be a, a good cross section of people who wake up and say, "Okay, not just with health and nutrition." I hope everybody starts being healthier, taking their vitamins. And it's just more careful, right? Wash your hands. I, I'm a rabid hand washer. I always am, and I, everybody should do that, right? I mean, it's just something that society should do. It, it just helps. To, to kind of stop the spread of germs, but also with preparedness. I think this is going to be another thing that, that people are really going to start paying more attention to. The next thing that happens after we get through the weeds and, and coronavirus, but the next thing that happens, you know, maybe you should have a 30-day supply of food that you're rotating in and out all the time, right? It's just a good idea. You know, if, if you collect canned goods or even frozen goods, have a stockpile, move the stockpile to the front when you go shopping, put the new stuff in the back, and keep that rotation going to where you have a good, a good decent supply. Learn how to garden, right? Learn how to be more self-sustaining. Um, learn how to do these things and practice these things because society is going to be better because of it anyway, regardless. How do you prepare for murder hornets? Well— Is that just staying in your house and making sure that all the seals around your windows are legit? I am in the process of developing a three-inch plated armor suit that I'm going to start wearing okay. at, when I go out of the house. No, I, I don't know how you do that. I mean, that's I think the murder hornets, and this is me being skeptical. I was skeptical of Corona when it first came out, too. Uh, but I think the murder hornets thing was a little, a little too soon. I, th- I think maybe because from what I've seen, the murder hornets have gotten to the West Coast in the, I think the Seattle, Washington area. And that's where they've been located and contained. I could be wrong. They could spread across our, our great nation. Not real worried about them though. What do you, what do you mean a little too soon? Like they're making it too big of a deal too soon. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, as normal, haven't put much research into that because 
kind of the same scenario. I think it's been, I think it's too soon, but I just don't. It feels like it's a media driven thing that okay, covet is starting to slow down, so let's throw something else out there in the mix. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm at too. Who knows? My house might be swarmed with <laughs> murder bees or whatever they are uh, tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I was wrong again. But yeah, I'm not not real concerned about that. So anyway, my understanding is that you've gotten back into the gym. Yes, sir. And eased your way back into that. How does that feel? Because I'm super not jealous. Good. <laughs> not good. Oh, not at good at all. I've been so freaking sore. I'm not kidding. But I mean, this is the first time in at least 10 years that I've taken a full month off from the gym. Yeah. And it has been brutal. On top of the fact that while I wasn't going to the gym for that month, I was doing stuff at home. So I was doing like some beach body stuff, which involves like high intensity interval training type of stuff and realized that I am not being as good of a shape as I thought I was. And my muscles do not know how to go through this kind of stress anymore. So I told myself that when I got back into the gym, I was going to change up how I lifted, put more reps and pump sets and things like that into my workouts as well. And I have been so ungodly sore this entire week and it feels good, but I don't know if it's going to go away because <laughs> leg day was rough. Like, I almost put this on social media, but I was thinking about this. You know, like when you stub your toe really hard and there's that one split second where it doesn't hurt yet, but you're like, this is going to hurt really bad in a second. Yes. That's what leg day is like right now. It's like, as soon as I get done with leg day and I walk out of the gym, I'm like, I'm okay, but tomorrow's really going to suck. <laughs> right. Psychologically though, you got to be feeling good. Yes, it does. Yeah, it, feel, it really feels good to be back in the gym. On top of, it's at the same time that weather has gotten warmer, so I can start doing cardio outside again too. So that definitely helps. Yeah, I've seen a lot of pictures of you and Juice. Yeah, uh, jogging around the lake out mm -hmm. there, and so that's that's good. Yeah, you know it's it's hard for me because working out is my biggest coping mechanism related to stress. It's the, it's my main go-to. It is the thing that just seems to push all of that negative out of me. And even though it's hard, it makes me feel so much better overall. It affects my sleep, affects my concentration, you name it down the list. It's a, it's a good thing. Can I work out at home? Yes. Do I regularly? No, I, I just, it's, it's so hard for me. The gym is such an important part of me. And I hate that. I wish I was one of those guys that was like, yeah, I'm still getting my, you know, COVID-19 pump on at the house here with like, um, you know, Nick Gloff was saying with soup cans and high reps and things like that. I just, man, I struggle. I struggle with that so badly, even though I have some, you know, some equipment in my garage and I'm out there, but not like it's not the same. And so I'm really, I'm really missing that aspect of being at the gym. And I can't wait till I return. It's going to be a glorious, sore event. <laughs> so is it, you struggle for cardio and stuff at home too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you feel like you're going to be oh, yeah. restarting over when you get back in there? Or do you feel like, I mean, as far as you, as, as far as your system goes in general, do you feel like you still 
feeling pretty good, even though you've been out for a while. I know that I am going to be sore, like what you're describing, kind of, and, and kind of bracing for impact after that first day. The next day, knowing that that next day is coming, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is going to suck. But I don't think it's like starting over. At the beginning, it will be like starting over. But once I'm about a week in, like when I'm in back in full training mode, after that, I feel like I'm going to be not back to where I was per se, but back to where I'm on. I have that momentum. That's that's the most important thing for me. Even when I'm working out on a regular basis, like you know, if I do skip a leg day here and there, wink, wink, um, like missing those leg days. I know that I'm it, like the next leg day is going to be brutal for me. Not as brutal as starting out like now being months out of the gym, but I know that, you know, my legs are not going to forgive me very easily after I have that, that, you know, that little break. And so I, I know my body is going to, it's going to hate me for a minute, but it's going to thank me in the long run. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, that's, I just can't wait to get back to the gym. You know, I just, I want that to, to be, it, it's, it's gotta be soon. It has to be. You're, so. you're, you're taking the smart route though. I mean, do you know anybody in your field that has taken the leap and went back to the gym? As a matter of fact, most people in my field aren't even, they're still not going to get haircuts. You know, they're still not going, you know, the fact that you mentioned the that, the fact that you mentioned that made me cringe cause I need a haircut so bad. Well, I noticed you got your hat on today, which you could wear your hat most of the time and kind of conceal your hair. But yeah, most, most people in my field are, they're just not, they're just, they're just being very careful, which is the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, man, it's difficult, you know, especially with things opening back up and you know that it's, it's there and it's, you know, lulling me. The gym is lulling me to its wonderful bosom and I'm so tempted by that bosom. What what do you, do you think that we've reached a tipping point or do you think that it's still kind of 50, 50 or 40, 60, some, somewhere around there with people who want places to open back up and think things are fine versus people who want things to stay closed because they don't think it's fine yet. What, what do you, what do you think in, in what you've seen? Um, I would say that it's probably more like 60, 40, with 60 being the people who want things to stay shut down, to stay safe. Um, maybe even 70, 30 in, in that respect, because, I mean, it's got a lot of people spooked, man. A lot of people are just, they're spooked. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to see what the virus could really do if there was an enormous community spread, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't want to live that reality. They'd rather just hunker down and, and hope that it goes away. I mean, and once again, getting back on this subject, I, I'm kind of, I'm on the fence, man, which I don't want people to die. I can't say that enough, especially, you know, if, if it hits close to home, that's really, really going to be terrible, right? It's terrible for anybody. But the closer it is to someone who you personally know and things like that, then obviously it affects a person more. Right. But are we going to hunker down until they get a, a vaccine in what fourteen months? You know, are we going to have to do that? Are we going to be able to do that? Is it realistic? I mean, I mean it takes I mean, that long the, to get a vaccine. Yeah, I don't know that we like that. That can't be the way it it goes. So many businesses are going to go out of business if if they don't if they don't. And I understand that a lot of business owners don't want to open up yet. Because they're afraid of opening up for a month and then all of a sudden there's a, ma- a you know widespread 
uh, this virus goes crazy again and then they have to shut down for another three months or something like that, that's just inevitable, probably permanent shutdown for a lot of small businesses. Yeah. You know, and I, I, under, I understand that, but, you know, on the other side, if, if for even if they do open up, that's still based on the person if they want to go into that business or not. Right. So if I if if Pizza Hut opens up and I decide I'm going to go in there to get a pizza, that was on me to go in there to get that pizza. So I don't know. I'm I'm on both on both both sides of the fence. I just I just want to see things get back to normal. Yeah. In, in that sense, though, it's the herd mentality again. Mm-hmm. Well, well, if the more people that go in to get that pizza, then the more people are going to have the virus to to spread in the first place. Right. It is the basic mentality. It's, it's the same with vaccines. I can choose not to vaccinate my kids on religious grounds or something like that. But if I don't vaccinate my kids, then it, inc- it, 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 it influences the overall, I guess, chances of anyone getting those diseases because my kid wasn't vaccinated and therefore he or she can spread that virus or that whatever it is. And so that's kind of the mentality there. Right. I and I, I, saying. I, yeah. I guess the other side of what I was saying too is that. I can I can have the mentality that it's my choice to go into that restaurant or it's my choice to go into that store or whatever. But if if I get the virus while I'm in there, I can still pass that to other people. So then right. it, it wasn't those it wasn't that person's choice that I went into that store. So I guess I guess I can kind of see the other side of that. <clears throat> yeah, if if you go to a non-essential place that could have remained closed, quote unquote, and you get the virus, and then you go to an essential place and spread it to that person, then society is deeming you the devil at right. this point because you didn't follow the rules. So that's kind of where that's at. But I forget what the original question was. Where were we, where were we going with that? Oh, uh, if, like the 60-40, 50-50. Do you think we're at a tipping point or do you think we're still divided? Yeah. No, that doesn't help me. But <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, I was going – it was right after that, but before <laughs> what we started talking about more okay. recently. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, at, at any rate, yeah, I don't know. It, that's what the way it seems to me. I'm kind of once again, there's there's a big piece of me that's like, man, we can't hunker down forever, folks. You know, as as much as it sucks, and this is a cold uh, way of looking at things in a sense. But get, going back to evolution, you know, evolution's. We're, we're just we're just delaying the inevitable in a sense. I know we're hunkered down waiting for a, a, a vaccine, right? And in a lot of senses, that's the right thing to do because otherwise we're going to lose, a, you know, we're going to lose more people, lose a lot more people. I, I just don't know how long we can maintain this. You know, I don't know how long we can, we can hunker down. I know we're slowing the spread. At least that's what I know from like watching the experts talk to me and, checking the statistics like right now in our county that you and I both live in, there's four active cases according to the health department that I keep up with last week, there were zero active cases. And so I guess since businesses starting opening back up, there's four active cases now, but here's the thing, unless those four people were traveling somewhere else, those, there were already active cases here. They just weren't significant enough for people to go to the hospital and get checked out. So the virus is it's lurking. It, it's, the, it's the ghost out there, the invisible you know, perpetrator that's out there just waiting for someone to come along and, and so that it can infest and, and 
you know, I don't, how, how do you, how do we dance around this subject for, for much longer? I don't know. I know the other point I was going to make though, you were talking about small businesses shutting down, you know, hospitals across the country are laying people off in droves, right. hospitals. And that's because they're only taking serious cases and a lot of coronavirus cases. So they are not doing the elective surgeries now. They're not doing anything that can be put off for a while. You know, they're not taking a lot in a lot of business, to be honest with you. They're not taking in a lot of that business because of what's going on now. And I know good people who are being laid off from hospital systems and the organizations, kind of the, uh, the branches of that organization because of the coronavirus as well. You know, so you would think hospitals, you know, those, they, they should be hiring right. all the help they can. It's not the case, especially in counties like ours where four active cases, that's, you know, and that could grow. I'm not trying to knock on wood here. And jinx, uh, I don't want to jinx us, but that could, you know, four, four cases, is not, not enough to counterbalance the amount of business they're not taking in. Right. Right. And so that's a problem. It's a problem because once again, we're worried about our hospital systems being overwhelmed by coronavirus cases, but they're being so <clears throat> they're being so underwhelmed that they don't have enough business that they can't employ the same people anymore. Right. You know, th- th- those are two sides of the spectrum. Where's the balance at? How do, how do we fix that? That, that makes no Hun- sense. Hunkering down is not going to fix the fact that we're we're economically crippling our our culture. I don't know how else to put that. I mean, we're, this we're can't ta- last. We're talking about a field that has requires some of the most important people in the world. I mean, we, we have to, we need, we need medics. We need, you know, uh, surgeons and, uh, you know, RNs and everything like that, that, that's so nuts to me that they're, that well, go ahead. The, the, the hard part is that, uh, and there, there are probably some doctors and nurses who are losing their jobs, but it's mostly other staff. It's peripheral staff, other than the, you know, the, those in that field, like, well, for instance, I guess someone who specializes in, let's say, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, what's a good non-essential surgery, someone who removes moles. Okay. <laughs> That's his specialty. He removes the unsightly okay. moles from your body. Okay. Um, uh, that person might lose, you know, they might be laid off for a while because that's not essential unless that mole happens to be, you know, turning colors and, you know, deemed possibly cancerous, but more, more likely the staff that's being laid off. Like the ones that I know personally are, there's an organization, uh, a big organization out of St. Louis hospital system. They also have hospitals down here and they have behavioral health organizations that service the people in, um, in the community, their case management services. A lot of those people are getting laid off. You're going to have a lot of layoffs with your lower, lower level staff, like your uh, dining personnel, your kitchen personnel in the hospitals. I'm sure they are not, I'm sure the kitchens are maybe even shut down in the hospitals. I don't know. I haven't thought about that because a lot of their stuff is, you know, buffet style and things like that. I'm sure they have the essentials because they got to feed the people who are sick there. But like if the, for the visitors and things like that in the hospital, that's probably shut down. I would imagine. I don't know that for sure, but uh, hmm. they don't even let visitors in the hospitals much right now. I know a lot right. of people that can't, I, I know one guy, his mother had a possible stroke and they couldn't even go into the hospital to see her. Right. Um, so th- there's that, you know, they have to have that separation. And so the hospital systems are, are also struggling and those peripheral staff, probably also some of your administrative staff, your um, uh, secretaries, 
you know, whatever you call those people now. I don't mean to offend anybody who's a sec- does secretarial work, but I can't remember the, the term off administrative assistant. Um, those people are probably losing their jobs more so than the actual nurses and doctors in those systems. Gotcha. Um, but still, yeah, you're talking about a, a, at least a partial economic collapse that we're dealing with. Is it better than dying? I guess time will tell because I, you know, who's, who all is going to suffer and, and have such hardships that it's going to cause up to death because they lost their job because they can't pay their bills. And that, that of course includes like suicide and things like that because people lose their jobs, man. They, their mental health really goes down the drains oftentimes, especially if they got a family to feed and they're not able to bounce back. Or if they weren't stable, you know, completely stable ahead of time and then they lose their job on top of that and now they're stuck in their home quarantine kind of having to deal with the demons that they already have. It's, right. not, a, it's not a good mix. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Isolation for a lot of people who have mental health issues, even though they, they kind of gravitate, gravitate toward that isolation, it is detrimental to their mental health. That's, a, that's an excellent point. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to know. We just, we have to sit here and wait for Dr. Fauci to tell us different, I guess. I don't know what else to, to say. I'm not a COVID expert, obviously. Have you seen anything about people trying to discredit Fauci? seems like I've seen some articles here lately about people trying to discredit some things that he's said. Some, of course, you know, he, there's a video of him talking about how wearing masks doesn't really help. I, I don't know if that was a dated video because things change, you know, but I just saw a video today where he, he was talking about how wearing a mask in public, it, you might save a droplet here or there that otherwise would have, you know, gotten out, but who knows? You know, like I said, that as more information comes, they, they're doing their research. They're putting data into computer models. They're seeing how things are, you know, projected to transpire, so on and so forth. People are going to discredit everybody. People right. discredit Trump. People discredit, you know, Pelosi. People discredit Fauci. People just, it, it's crazy out there. It, it's absolutely crazy and, and as far as the information goes. And so there are a lot of people claiming conspiracy. What is interesting to me, it's ever just intriguing to me that this happens with issues like this, but there is a divide. It's not as stark as say like, you know, abortion, but there is a divide between the left and the right on the, on the issue of COVID-19. You know, if, if you look more people on the conservative side are saying this is complete BS and this is all a, a hoax or if not all a hoax, it's just simply the fact that it's a power grab from the government. And they're like, I don't, you know, F quarantine. I'm not going to quarantine anymore. Liberal side, exactly the opposite. They're like, you know, let's stay inside. Let's be safe. Um, so on and so forth. I, I, and I do tend to see this as, as a natural result of the quarantining and, and of all of the, all of the things that they're having to enact in society, it is a power grab. The government never misses a chance to power grab. Just like with 9-11, you know, there are conspiracies out there that 9-11 was perpetrated by our own government just so they could enact the Patriot Act, right? I don't, I don't, nec- I don't believe that. I mean, I, I like, it, it's intriguing, and I can be swayed with some things, but I, I think 9-11 is what it, what it was. That's just, that's just how I look at it. But the Patriot Act happened. 
the power grab happened. Um, so it's going to happen. Right. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that we shouldn't quarantine. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to slow the spread and I, you know, separate to some degree. I don't. I, I do question how long we're going to be able to do this. How long this is going to be a thing. I don't. I don't. I don't like the thought of just society just staying at home all the time. I don't know. It's that fear of change again. Once again, that kind of um, drives me to those um, to those conclusions. But it, it it's just funny how politics still divides a country depending on which side of the aisle you're on. It's amazing. I, I, I don't get it. I've always thought the same way about the environment. It's like, why is the environment only a left-leaning issue? I mean, I get it. I know why. Big businesses tend to veer toward the Republican side, and at least at the surface level. And then the, you know, the environmental issues lean toward the left. But I don't want I don't want a trashy earth, you know? We pollution bad. You know, earth good. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty easy that everybody should be able to get on board with. If, if you're, even if you're just throwing trash out, you're driving down the road and you throw your trash out of the window. I can't stand that. That drives me insane. Right. You know, I hate going to the Soja, Illinois, if we're going to pops or something, seeing those huge smokestacks, God knows what's coming out of the top of those things. And it's 24 seven. It never stops. It's just constantly polluting stuff up into our atmosphere. I hate that. You know, I hate that. It's not a political issue. That's a human issue. Right. And I think I think stuff like the virus is too. Yeah, it, it's kind of team mentality though, right? Like it is. we always talk about that when it comes to the right versus the left. You know, it's like this is it, it it's not necessarily that all of your views line up with exactly what the right says or what the left says. It's more of more of my views stick with the right, so I'm going to have to be all in on the right side. Right. And that, that doesn't matter what the issue is. You know, you, you may have completely different views than the right side on one thing versus another, but you're going to stay over there because more of the things that you, your views align with are on that side. So, right. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a team sport, and it's often full contact in a sense because once, once politics comes into play, it seems like everything else is out the window. I have, I have a really weird thing to throw out. So... I was driving down the highway the other day, and I look up, and you know how we have all those digital billboards around now, too, here lately? Yeah. So one of the digital billboards I see as I'm driving down the highway, and it made me feel, and I want I want to get your opinion on this, because it made me feel weird, because I look up, and all it is is an emoji. It was like a crying emoji, and then it had the link to where you go to talk about it. And when I see that, I'm like, if you think of the future, if you think of like futuristic, I don't know, maybe something you'd see in Black Mirror or something. If if you're if you're driving down the highway in Black Mirror and you look, and, uh, that's what I would imagine I would see like on a billboard. Like that's what the future is going to. It's just very plain and simple electronic. I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it on why it made me feel that way, but it, it was just really weird. It was like a billboard promoting anybody. It was just an emoji. I was like, what in the mm-hmm. hell? Yeah. It's, it's symbolism. It, yeah. It's strange that symbolism has possibly, I guess you could use the term devolved <laughs> into emojis. I mean, is that really where we're at? Is that emoji really, you know, I mean, but, that, but that, it's, rec- that, it's recognizable. Yeah. But that's kind of what I felt like for a lot, the longest time now is that, I guess things kind of are devolving 
And I think it has to do with music and things like that too, as far as like how they say words and then how that has translated into language for people and stuff. Like even, it seems like over the past few years, we are shortening words and say like bay. We're saying bay now instead of baby. Or babe, we we aren't. I but, know, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like that, that's As what I'm saying. Society. It's like that feels like society is devolving because of these things. And I know it doesn't seem like it's a it's a major thing, but down the road it could be. No, it, it will be. We we are changing. We are, you know, devolving, evolving. However you want to look at it, but we our language is changing, and our sense of you know that crying emoji, for one thing. It's cryptic enough to be intriguing, right? So there's going to be a lot of people follow that link. But the key there is who it triggers. Now, it triggered you for a different reason, but it's going to trigger some because they're relating to that crying emoji, right? They're sad. Maybe they lost a loved one. Maybe they've been depressed. You know, maybe they, they need to reach out and get help for some reason or another. And that crying emoji is a symbol that even maybe at possibly even at an unconscious level is triggering that person to follow that link to see if what what's up now for me, if I see it, I might do it out of curiosity because I work in mental health. And so that's going to be something that is, uh, I, I want to see what they're doing. I'd also like to unpack the symbolism behind that. And maybe the, the, I don't know if subliminal is the right word, but at least the unconscious triggering of what they're trying to do there. But I think you're going to see more and more of that language is shortening. Our messages are shortening. You know, email used to be a long form. You know, you wanted to type it out. You wanted to make sure that it, it was grammatically correct and looked good, which I still do for the most part. But my emails have gotten shorter and shorter because that's just that's that's our language nowadays. Text, text. I mean, if you text in full words nowadays, you're in the minority, right? Even people like you know my mom. She's 65 years old. She texts in in short form now. She didn't always at first, but it's because she's been conditioned by everybody else who texts her. It's the way that you communicate now. And right. so our whole society our whole society is going in that direction. Yeah. I mean, so. even we're like we've even shortened it now to an emoji from your laugh out loud or your LMAO or you know, right. or your raffling, you know. It, right. It's now we're now it's just an emoji or it's a GIF. You yeah. know, one of the two. Now now right. next thing I'm probably gonna see is a GIF on a billboard. I wouldn't doubt that. I'm surprised. It's probably out there. It's probably out there. Yeah. It just. And, and I miss raffling, by the way. <laughs> I miss raffling. I, I never use those terminologies. I've always refused to use LOL. Never have. Never will. I'll say ha, like ha ha, but I won't. I won't use LOL. I don't know why. I just I stigmatize that. There's not, there's not really much difference. <laughs> I know, but I just refuse LOL. Okay. It was just a thing, uh, and I never raffled either. But a lot of people used to raffle to me, and I kind of miss that raffling. <laughs> You know, I kind of miss that if one. If anybody doesn't know what raffling is, that is rolling on the floor laughing, just in case anybody didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> to some of the younger listeners, they, it's, they're already past that. They're already past Facebook and to TikTok. Or they're, they're, I'm sure there was plenty in between there, but right. I don't know. I, I kind of stopped with Facebook and Instagram. You got your Snapchats and things like that for the young people. But we have, we have run up on our time. And so I think this is a good spot to kind of close this down. All right. Um, and uh, we're going to go to the COVID. Took all of our conversation this time. Next segment. It's not, it's not going to do that. We've got another subject <laughs> to do. We're going to stick to it. We're going to stay strong. And uh, yeah, I'll see you here in a minute. Hi. Thanks again to you, the CEP listener. 
Remember that word of mouth is like a shaker full of protein powder after a productive day at the gym for us. So don't forget to tell your friends and family about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcast to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, it would help us immensely if you would give us a five-star rating while you are there to show your love for the CEP. And speaking of love, you know we love it when you give us all of your love on the socials when in fact you do give us all your love on the socials. So please give us your love on the socials and be sure to visit the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Don't forget about our merch at buyjack.com slash CEP and get online and get your CEP gear today. So that's all I've got, folks. Until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful, juicy brains of yours nice and warm. See ya.